hey, it's Matt. This week, the ad is for me on another show. After you listen to this profile, check out me on the Radio 8 Ball podcast. It's normally hosted by my friend Andras Jones, but this time he was the musical guest on it, and he was nice enough to ask me to host. I hosted eight episodes, and they're all out right now. Every show, a band comes on with eight songs. A guest comes in and asks a question. We spin a wheel. And whatever number it lands on, the band plays the song that corresponds with that number. And that song is the answer to that person's question. And then we talk about what that means. It's all about synchronicity. Profiles often is about chop. And here I am on a show with eight ball in the title. And this week's episode of Profiles is all about music. And this show, Radio 8 Ball, is all music. Synchronicity is real. Check it out, listen, there's a lot of great music, even the shows I'm not hosting are, are a lot of fun, and there's some amazing music from people you've heard of and people you haven't heard of. Radio 8 Balls, a podcast. Now, please, enjoy this episode of Profiles. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity, a show about weirdos, with your hosts, John Fahey, Aaron Peter, and Matt Brutzon. Hello, folks. Welcome to Profiles in Eccentricity. It's a show about weirdos. I'm John Fahey. Joining me, the most glorious boy to walk this earth, the beautiful Mr. Aaron Peter. Aaron, how's it going, buddy? Are you an insect, arachnid, or otherwise invertebrate <laughs> arthropod? <laughs> Have you been wrongly accused of a crime you cannot possibly commit? Are you a rotting corpse and have experienced pain and suffering, <laughs> even though you are capable of neither? <laughs> Call me. Oh, yes. I am Aaron Pita. I am yes. not Bartholomew. Uh, I'm feeling great. I'm looking great. Yes. yes. Oh, and man. I think those two are inexorably linked. Yes. Uh, speaking of those two things, mm-hmm. someone who looks great and feels great to the touch. Mm. Wow. Matthew Brusso. Hi, I'm all of those things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank you. And more. How Thank are you, you doing, Matt? I'm doing, I'm doing all right, John. Doing all right. Uh, the last episode was super, super fun. That was fun. Ugh. Oh, I God, it. I had so yeah. much fucking fun on that so episode. So much fun. Uh, we, um, we are doing great on the Patreon. Everybody, if you are a big fan of the show, please get involved in the Patreon. We go weird and deep into other things we in do. those episodes. We do. Please subscribe if you're into the show. Um, today, I have a, a very controversial, salacious oh. story about a young lady to talk about. Controversy? Very, very much controversy. Mm. Is it about pussy control? It is. A, it is. It is. Huh. A lot of wow. it's about pussy control mm. and head control. Bat dance? Um, but first of all, Matt, you have, you have some... Some weird shit to talk about. Yeah, right? yeah. You guys like you guys like raunchy lyrics, right? Yes, love them. Yeah. Uh, you guys, did anything come to mind right off the bat here? I mean, there's so many of. Yes, them. Uh, two live crew, uh-huh. two live crew, Eminem, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. two live crews, uh, Necro. Th- that stuff coming out of Miami uh, spawned like a lot of copycats, and one of my favorites was uh, shown to me by my, by my friend Dodger, which was a group known as the Splack Pack. Oh, wow. Oh. Splack being their jizz. Not? Naturally, yeah. yes, mm-hmm. yes. They were like, well, what should we call it? Should it be the Goop Group? <laughs> no. <laughs> what about the Splack Pack? 
Gob Squad. Uh-huh. Can you imagine how terrifying and uh, Goop Group? And it, it, was, it was it was like the the height of the era of like, you know, dudes basically like they're rapping but they're straight up talking. Yeah, you know, back when everybody was like criticizing rap, was saying like they're just talking. Yeah. And it, but these guys were just talking. And like when I remember when the lyrics were like, "Come on, girl, I want to see the asshole jump." <laughs> Hmm. I want to see the asshole jump. Mm. Yikes. 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 Do you guys know Necro? Yes. No. Oh, my God. Necro is like straight up horrorcore rap, but yeah. like an incredible linguist. Right. With great diction and like a slight lit, like a New York lift. Mm. So it's like, I take the razor blade and you clitter a stink. It's just like the most wow. fucked up shit. Oh, God. <laughs> it's just, but it is. Dead Body Disposal is a great mm. song. It is a step-by-step account of how to get rid of a dead body. Wow. Jesus. Spoken by someone who sounds like they really have some first-hand experience. Mm. Yikes. Necro. Yes, but raunchy lyrics are cool. Yes, well, I, I mean more like uh, uh, sexual uh, than uh, um, uh, deadly or... Uh, uh, yeah, 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 What's yeah, the yeah. difference? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, <sighs> you know, like your ZZ Tops... Even uh, even Eric Clapton. Here's a song I wish I brought to health class. Everybody was bringing like bring songs about love, and people were bringing like Shaggy. And I always kicked myself because <laughs> I heard this song and I was like, I should bring this. This is Eric Clapton. Plant your love and let it grow. I'm talking about nut, of course. Mm-hmm. Seed. White stains. Mm-hmm. Let it blossom, let it flow. That's just some soft, smooth love talk. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, that's, a, that's a heavily veiled mm-hmm. uh, metaphor for impregnating a woman with mm-hmm. your seed, I think. I think. I could be wrong. No, no, I think you nailed it. That's from his uh, album 461 Ocean Boulevard. He wrote that after doing nothing for three years and on, and strung it on heroin. Mm. So say what you will, that's a great album, and uh, heroin works. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's I'm, very heroin heavy, uh-huh. it sounds like. Right. Well, that's the album that has uh, I Shot the Sheriff and Motherless Children. It's a great album. But, you know, you keep... <laughs> it's, it's, an off. it's a it's a string out, yeah. <laughs> but you know you know that Aerosmith song, big ten inch, oh, God. suck on my big ten inch record, baby. Well, they uh. didn't even write that song. Huh? That right. song is from a man named Bull Moose Johnson. Really, he wrote that song in 1952, and big ten inch was only one of his two great dirty songs. The other one was I want a bow legged woman. Oh Jesus! <laughs> and why? Well, the bow-legged woman, yeah, he wants the bow-legged woman. Boy, I'll fall in love with her right from the start because the big fat legs are so far apart. He wants the bow-legged woman, divine, the bow-legged woman, that's fine. She don't have to be no glamour girl, but she's got to have hooves like an old beer bear. <sighs> She ain't fat, bro. She just a little thick. <laughs> yeah, I gotta be on my way. I gotta go get one. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bow legs. 
I did hear a fellow when I lived in Ireland that was saying that one time. He was like, I like bow-legged women. Yeah, you're like, what does that mean? She plays about? soccer? Yeah, what? She rides horses? I like, I like a nice spine of bifida, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, what are you talking what? about? Oh, uh, Everyone's uh, got a kink. Boomers Johnson, those songs were from a section of music called Dirty Blues. Mm. And so blues, uh, you know, blues came up through spirituals and work songs, traditionals, and uh, it grew together into the blues, and then it splintered into many different things, many different genres, subgenres, country blues, electronic blues, and jump blues, and then regional blues, Canadian blues, Chicago blues, Delta blues. Right. Uh, but one thing that always stuck with me out of all was Dirty Blues. Yeah. Right. That's just uh, those songs. Is this? Does it have anything to do with Going Blue? Is that, or is that something I don't know where totally that came from. I don't, I don't think so. We should look that up. I, yeah. do, I don't believe so. Yeah, okay. Right. I believe the blues you know, is just a feeling. Yeah, being blue. Yeah. 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 Hmm. But I always wonder where that came from, too. Maybe blue. it's because your balls get blue oh. hearing all this nasty fucking shit all the it time. Might be. Oh, nasty. Yeah. You, nasty. You nasty. Make them up. Balls blue. <laughs> uh, you know that song Shake, Rattle, and Roll by yeah. Bill Haley in the comments? Mm-hmm. Sure. It was like what it was the first quote unquote rock and roll mm-hmm. song. Rock and roll itself is a euphemism for mm-hmm. sex. Ah. I think uh, jazz comes from the same root word of jizz. Really? It's like some African shit. Well, roll is uh, <laughs> it's probably connected to jelly roll, which was uh, a sexual term. Jelly Roll Morton, he grew up in a whorehouse, oh. and that's where he got his name. Hmm. Uh, the jelly roll is a sexual term. And uh, and what is... Is that like a period sex thing? I think it's just fucking <laughs> oh, of sorts. Just a jelly roll. Uh, maybe it is. It's I don't know. Maybe it is. If it was like a cream pie, it wouldn't be... I mean, what's all the right, difference? All right, all there right, There is a long, rich history of pastry <laughs> euphemisms in sexual <laughs> okay. language. That's true. Am I wrong It's true. Okay, all right. What is a donut hole? I don't know. Exactly. <laughs> Cornhole. Let's go cornhole some drunks. Cream pie them. <laughs> yeah, everybody brings it back to food. Yeah. What is the deal there? So that was a... Eat me. Now, <laughs> yes. what do you want? Yep. A, a chocolate whatever. Oh, we'll get to it. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, so that song, that song, Shake, Round and Roll, Bill Haley and his Comets, he was a white guy who got a big hit on the radio with that. And all he did was he took a Big Joe Turner song, the same song, and just cleaned it up a little bit. Really? For instance, there's this line where uh, Bill Haley sings, Wearing those dresses, your hair done up so nice, you look so warm, but your heart is cold as ice. Meanwhile, the original lyrics by Joe Turner were this. Well, you wear old dresses, sun comes shining through. Uh-oh. Ooh, I like this. Well, you wear old dresses, sun comes shining through. I can't believe my eyes. All that mess belongs to you. <laughs> She's a mess. Ah, oh, look what you oh, I can see right you through did. your dress, you slob. But I would say that's pretty. Pig. That's pretty positive compared to like, oh, you're cold as ice. No, it's like, yeah, God he's, damn. he's praising the yes. form. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of these dirty blues were like that. Uh, Big Joe Turner wrote that song. It was from 1954. Also in 1954, this classic from the Toppers. I'll let you guess the, the title of the song. Well, my baby gave a party the other night. The party was getting dead. I spied a piano in the corner. Looked at my baby and said, Baby, let me bang your box. What? Baby, let me bang your box. Baby, let me bang your box. 
bang your box. Play your box. Baby, let me bang your box. It is bang your box. Baby, let me bang your box. She let the homie hit it. Let the mailman hit it. (laughs) Dr. Dre. 2001. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my God. Baby, let me bang your box. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty, not a lot pretty of, straightforward. Not a lot of uh, wiggle room to say you weren't talking about getting it on there. Oh, you saw a piano in the corner. You know, it's just like, yeah, uh, legs yeah. on that piano. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. You know, Chuck Berry, his uh, his only number one single was that song. It was a joke song, My Dingaling. Yes. Yeah. That's that, crazy that it was the only number one single. Yeah. And it was way after he was initially famous. It was 72, yeah. yeah. Jesus. But that was yeah. from a song from 1952 by Dave Bartholomew called Little Girls Sing Ding-a-Ling. Uh-huh. And it's the, same, it's the exact same song, basically. His grandmother gives him a little bell as a gift, and every time he plays with his dick, the bell rings. Because <laughs> it's tied that to why, his dick. Is that why we're ding-a-ling? I'm sure it was some relation before then. It's just think became, so? It was colloquialism of sorts. I want, well, sometimes, you know, there's an origin, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. People didn't know what to call shit back then. They was like, you know, I was fucking around with my dingling or whatever. Right. You know? Mm. I mean, it uh, it is shaped like a bell at the top. Right. Yeah. Maybe you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like the Liberty Bell. It's got a crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bill Ward and his Dominoes, that song from 1954, 60-Minute Man. Are you familiar with that? No, no. It's uh, it was it became a more popular because of the Fallout series lately. In, in... Oh, yes, I do know this song. I'm telling you now, they call me love and dance. I rock and roll them all night long. I'm a sixty-minute man. That Fallout series does have some great old mm-hmm. tunes kind wow. of stashed away in it. Like the Ink Blots was, I think, another group that was in there just very like old like playing on a transistor radio or mm-hmm. 60 pepper. minute man mm-hmm. on bad days is a 58 minute man. <laughs> you gotta be careful it's rainy outside yeah. controls is not jesus uh so often like you know the titles were kind of tongue-in-cheek uh winoni harris had a series of song one was called keep on churning the other one was sitting on it all the time and i like my baby's pudding Oh, and Jesus. Lollipop Mama. Oh. But sometimes it was a little more obvious. Blind Boy Fuller, 1938, had a song called What's That Smell Like Fish? No. Oh. No. And Harry Roy and his orchestra in 1931 had a song called My Girl's Pussy. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Which some might say is uh, the origin of the popular term really? pussy. Yeah. Really? 1931. That I like to pet, and every evening we get set. I stroke it every chance I get. It's my girl's pussy. Oh, this is horrible. <laughs> that I'll is. I'll tell you something that I do. <laughs> that is so stupid. That's where it comes from. Oh God, we should never call it that again. <laughs> my girl's pussy. Hmm. <laughs> But now those were the the men. Those were the the male singers. The oh. great part about the Dirty Blues is that, like half of these songs are from women. Yes. Now we're now talking. We're yeah, talking. Why did you wait to tell us that? It's a slow release, Aaron. Sixty minute man over here, <laughs> keeping that nut away. <laughs> Give me that pudding, baby. <laughs> Nineteen fifty four, Dinah Washington with her song "Bing Big Long Sliding Thing." Oh, oh, oof, my neck, my back. 
You know my daddy. Oh, already. He's that trombone playing man. Oh, oh. Where is my daddy? Tell me where is my daddy? Where is that so big sex long thing. Wow. Wow. Imagine be all opiumed up in some jazz club hearing that shit, some sexy lady talking about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, sequence yeah. dress singing about sliding trombones. Oh, <laughs> I gotta... Excuse me. <laughs> 1952, Dorothy Ellis with the song Drill Daddy, Drill. <laughs> well, drill in the sun. Drill in the rain, if your drill gets rusty, grease it up again. Daddy, your drill's a little rusty. Grease it up. To see a doctor. down low, drill up high. Drilling daddy till the well runs dry. Eric Clapton sucks. They're all so celebratory. It's yes. so great, you know. Yes. It's like everything, you know, like white people were doing was about like, you know, like heartbreak and yeah. acrimony. And these people are like, no, we're all getting laid and it's great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we Celebrate. love it. Yeah. It's so good. You're all like changing the lyrics to that song mm-hmm. to the ice cold or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like, it's like, no, this shit's about having a great time boning. Yeah. This is like, wow, she's fucking hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love that. Uh, that's who she, that she's made like this. Right. And yeah. He's like, ah, she's a bitch. That's Billy right, Elliot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's cold. Ah. Fucking losers. She doesn't like me watching her through the window. Yeah. <laughs> All these white incels. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for real. Uh, now, there was uh, one very progressive uh, woman in the, the dirty blues scene. Her name was Lil Johnson. Yeah. Uh, she had a great series. From 29 to 37, she had, it uh, looks like, 10, 10 songs that were kind of popular. One of them uh, from 37, If It Don't Fit, Don't Force It. <laughs> Also from 1937, Meatball. Cautionary safety. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, from 1937, the song Meatballs. And uh-huh. she talks about how she uh, she needs... Well, I'll just play it. Fuck, I can't explain it. Yeah. Just what Let her do the yeah. talking. I'm no good man, but he's a doggone stout. Before he starts to grind and he's all worn out, somebody send me a good job. He must be long and tall. If he want to grind my meat, cause I'm wild about my meatballs. If he wants to grind my meat. I'm wild about, because I'm wild about meatballs. Send me a butcher if he wants to grind my meat, because I'm wild about meatballs. Wow. Uh, 36, she had a song called My Stove is in Good Condition. <laughs> Very good. Very good. Self cleaning. <laughs> Craigslist <laughs> I don't mean to brag, but <laughs> come over and fix fix the stove. The oven's good though. Yeah. Uh she also has a song the it's thirty six, Sam the Hot Dog Man. 35, she had a song called Press My Button, Ring My Bell, if you wanted to guess what that was oh, about. Oh, yeah. Uh, 35, also, anyone anyone want to buy my cabbage? No. <laughs> what? 
What the fuck? I'll pass on the cabbage. Some euphemisms I don't understand, like the meatball thing and the cabbage. Yeah. Here's uh, this is from thirty five too. It's also called Get him from the Peanut Man. Hot nuts. Oh God. <laughs> This song is great. Hot nuts, you buy them from the peanut man. Oh my God, mm-hmm. Jesus! Uh, she also wrote, "Rock that thing, and you'll never miss your jelly until your jelly roller is gone." I fucking told you, period sex, homie. <laughs> <laughs> But now we get to my favorite dirty blues musician, the wonderful Lucille Bogan. Mm. Born in 1897 in Armory, Mississippi. Sweet, sweet Armory, Mississippi. I don't know what else is there. Uh, in her time, she was up there with Ma Rainey and Bessie Smith. She also recorded as Bessie Jackson later in her life. Uh, she first did vaudeville in New York City, and uh, she recorded a... a a hit that was called Sweet Petunia, but someone else covered it and became a hit. Uh, in the 30s, though, she, she started writing Dirty, and that then became her thing. Mm. Uh, her first one was Sloppy Drunk Blues and Tricks Ain't Walking No More. Tricks Ain't Walking No More? What are they doing? Well, they're probably, maybe they're fucking. Uh. I think Vaudeville would be a great uh, website for video on demand. Like for like a campsite, mm-hmm. call it vaudeville, v o d ville. Oh, I okay. <laughs> I'm just trademarking that here on the record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, yeah, you heard it here first. That you, was Aaron's idea. First vaudeville, vaud. <laughs> Kneel before vaud. <laughs> Let's hear this lady's uh, trash. Oh, you will. Uh, between thirty three and thirty five, she recorded over a hundred songs. Jesus, in two years. Uh, in two years. In uh, oh. 35, she recorded her final songs before she went and kind of just disappeared and recorded her. She helped her son's band. and <laughs> Excuse me. She recorded a song called BD Women's Blues. The BD stands for Bull Dyke. Oh. And the lyrics were, Coming a time, BD women, they ain't gonna need no men. They got a head like a sweet angel and they walk just like a natural man. Mm. They can lay their jive just like a natural man. That was... Uh, I'm nuts! <laughs> but her greatest... Dirty Blues hits. Well, one of them was a hit. The other one wasn't. But they're still my favorites. The first from 1934 is called Shave Em Dry. Rainy. I got nipples on my titties. These is the end of my thumb. I got something between my legs. I'll make a dead man come. Oh, what? Baby, won't you shave them dry? No, no, no. Want you to grind me, baby? Grind me until I cry. Oh my fucking god, Lord! Say I fucked all night and all the night before, baby, and I feel just like I want to fuck some more. Big God, that's This is what year? 1934. Oh my God! Yeah. Want you to change <laughs> Who were the coked up maniacs that let her do this? Because they were ahead of their time. Oh, she yeah. wrote that. She wrote that song too. I mean, 
and but presumably some man had to let her into a studio. Sure. Well, but she she was she was uh, famous within not just the dirty blues scene, but she had come through vaudeville and all these other. Fuck. Yeah. She was the first person to uh, first uh, black blues singer to record outside of New York and Chicago. No shit. Yeah. Wow. When she recorded in Atlanta, Georgia in uh, 1923. You gotta have some Jeez. hot nuts to do that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is maybe the most brazen thing I can imagine in 1935 to do. 1935? Like, <sighs> Wizard of Oz hadn't even come out yet. <laughs> While that song was playing, all of our jaws were open. Yeah, like, that, that was that was just like, I can't believe this existed in this time <sighs> at all. Mm-hmm. She's that talking about incredible. she's talking about coming. Yeah, making a dead guy come. Yeah, well, and the Rolling Stones uh, yeah, in this in that song dead... "Start Me Up." They have the they basically you copy that lyric. Come, you make a yeah. dead man come. It's fucking insane. Yeah, but they did it in the fucking eighties. Yeah. And it was like, ooh, wow, scandalous. Coming. Oh, watch out, Oingo Boingo. I mean, Jesus. So that was kind I of like the, that a lot. That was her popular dirty blues song. But my f- <laughs> maybe my favorite yeah, I know Daniel like, oh I can't believe I dude, how you? It gets better. This is called Till the Cows Come Home. Every time I fuck them ends, I give them the doggone clap. Oh, baby. What? Give them the doggone clap. Every time I fuck them? She gives them the clap every time? Uh-huh. But that's the kind of pussy that they really like. <laughs> what? The clap pussy is the yeah. one you like most. Well, that's why you clap. That's why you keep getting I it. Told yeah. I got a good cop, it's a round of applause. And it's got four damn good names. Rough cock, rough cock, tough cock, cock without a bone. You can fuck my cock, suck my cock, or leave my cock alone. Oh, baby, honey, up is all night long. You can fuck my cock, or suck my cock, baby, until the cows come home. Jesus Christ! <laughs> Jesus Christ! You know both of my men, yeah. they are tight like that. They got a great big dick, just like a baseball bat. Oh, oh. Do it to Ooh. me all night What a fuck are you? <laughs> fuck me with that bat. I want you to do it to me, baby. Honey, till the cows come home. You made me feel good. Oh, my God. You made me feel good. That is... Incredible, Lucille Bogan. Wow. <laughs> oh my. Oh my God. God bless her. Can you imagine the guy like just joyfully playing piano yeah. behind her? Like, she, she's he, right. I love that clap. She says this all the time, and I have to practice it all the time. Not ever really being fully aware of how insane she's talking. Yeah, penicillin hasn't been discovered yet. <laughs> We're singing about it. Wait, uh, <laughs> true. <laughs> Loves that clap pussy. <laughs> he does. He can't stop. He can't stop. He can't and stop. what are you going to do about it? They don't have antibiotics. He loves it. I, I mean, <laughs> there's no more empowering sex anthem for a woman than to be like, I got the clap, but this guy fucking keeps coming back. He just loves it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> loves it. Holy shit. 
it's um it's too much, but also just enough, just just the right amount, you know. Mm-hmm. Do like you think that. there's anything that shocking anymore in, in life? No, no, no. I mean, in like popular culture and music, oh, I, relatively I, no, not at all. If that was, pl- I mean, I don't think that was probably played on the airwaves. No, absolutely you, not. It'd be like you know digging through the records. Yeah, if there was like, if, if what does that seem there, like? There would never be a fucking like '80s hip hop record that's like give him the clap. I think Necro maybe talks about it a little bit, <laughs> but like not 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 like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, where do you? Are you are you like a vinyl head? Like, what kind of like music geek are you that you're like digging through a record store and you find like, oh man, this is the shit right here. She's talking about giving guys. I that. honestly, I don't Where know. Where do you find that record? I I don't know. Collectors I was... definitely ate that shit up for sure. Yeah, but I mean, yeah, because it becomes, yeah. it becomes yeah. a fucking cultural yep. archivist thing. Yeah, I mean, I was I was watching um because we were talking about this a little bit with like Amarillo Slim. Like, how do people find out about shit? How do you, how do you go how do you find out that there's some guy in Carson City who's a sucker and you can beat him at you know cards or whatever and you can hustle him for mm-hmm. a million bucks? How do you find out about that? But I was uh I was watching Ken Burns' documentary on Prohibition, and like dude, the bar was the internet, man. Yep. Every, yeah, yeah, you yeah. go to the bar to get a job, to play cards, to find the, like anything. You yeah. go to the bar. That's what, the saloon. And I, I have that's a who feel, you know. Yeah, and that's yeah. just where people would mix it up. Yep. And I have a feeling that's probably where, like, you know, you probably toss them back a few, uh, you know, schlitzes or whatever, and somebody's like, yeah, you got to hear this record. Well, that's where all of this music um, became blues. You know, they would work, and, and then they would have these juke joints, uh-huh. where at that was the local bar and dance club. Mm-hmm. And so all of these, all of the, the black folks would go there and just drink and relax, and someone would have a piano, and someone would sing, and yeah. they'd have people called the shouter blues. Which they you know they didn't need a, a, a microphone. Uh huh. They could just yell the 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 vocals. Oh right. yeah, for sure. Uh, Microphones cost money. Right, and so so these were just things that, and then you you visit a bar in this town, then you go to a bar in another town. You're like, hey, you know, uh, hey, this guy plays piano over there, and he hops on. They go, oh, I haven't heard this type of blues, and then you re- regional blues kind of you know builds up through in one area, and then it's it slinks to another area and it moves to another area. Yeah. But the bars, that was the bars. Yeah. It's also where you got the clap. Was there a kind of region that was specifically into Dirty Blues? Was it kind of like a few states in particular, or was it all over? I mean, so um, Lucille recorded most of her songs in New York. Really? I mean, most of the most of Black Blues was recorded in New York and Chicago. Right. But it was played, you know, it began in the Delta, and it, it started in the Deep South. Right. So there was, people were playing these songs. Yeah. And you know Jelly Roll Morton, I think he was from the Midwest. I can't remember, but yeah, um, you know it. It it was definitely it began in the South and spread as as, as they migrated to Chicago and right and spread around that way. Did it oh. kind of get um, <clears throat> kind of like how the Catskills comedians used to tell the same jokes? Right? Right. Like, yeah, they they would tell every they would tell the same street jokes. Yeah, it, it was never like one person's you know voice. Was it like that with? And, and and to a degree, it was like that with folk music too, right? Oh, absolutely. Was it like that with these songs? Like, would somebody else sing "Give oh, My Man the Clap" down? You know, even though it was Lucille's right. song, was somebody down in you know Tallahassee yeah. singing it? I mean, probably. The beauty about most of these blues songs is that they all had an A A B 
bar to them. Uh-huh. They all had a very s- similar ribbon and, you know, 12, uh, 12 steps and all that. This is a blues riff and B. Try right. to keep up. Watch me for the changes. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it, the, the, it was the ubiquity of the, of the style made it very easy to just pick it up somewhere else and yes. like, play it again. Uh, very nice. Very, very nice. Anytime people are talking about pussies, meatballs, hot nuts, the clap, sign yeah, me up, mm-hmm. dude. I love it. I love it. Um, that is very, uh, that makes me think of, of what they were saying. Like, I, I heard um, DJ Paul from C6 Mafia was talking about, um, he was criticizing like modern hip hop and he was saying, he's like, you know, back in the day, he's like, you could listen to a rapper and know where they were from. Mm hmm. It's like New York rappers had like, you know, it was like the Onyx sound and the Wu-Tang sound and blah, blah. But since like everything is... And you can even break it down into what part of New York. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And then like, you know, West Coast rappers sounded a certain way. South rappers sounded a certain way. Um, Midwest? Yeah, Midwest guys. And then it was like... And then it all became trap. Well, since (laughs) since everything was available to everyone, if you were in fucking Arizona and you like New York rap, you could sound just like a New York rap. You know what I mean? It was like, yeah. It's kind of like, it, it's it's the same thing of, um, they're saying all the regional accents are going away. Yeah. Because of, media. again, communication yeah. and media. It's like, everybody kind of, they just sound like people on TV, sort of. Yeah. So like a very, very, like you kind of understand like, oh man, I have a really harsh Boston accent. Yeah. I should kind of try to sound... I sound like an asshole. (laughs) Yeah, I should kind of try to sound more normal. And not even that, it's not even like a trying thing. Like you just imbibe so much regular media that you adopt it. What are you spending the most time hearing? Right. And a lot of people spend time watching shit and not mixing it up. Right. And, um, the, you know, you it's like that kind of like you're the average of the five people you spend your most time with. Right. <laughs> and like yeah. if, you know, I, Jim Carrey was on t- um, uh, Real Time. Yeah. With Bill Maher. And uh, he was saying, shit, fuck, I forgot what he said. <laughs> Damn it. I just lost my train of thought. Was but it a great anecdote? It, it, it was a great, <laughs> it was a great point. About regionalism? No, but it was about like absorbing shit, and I just lost it. It's, these butt wipers are really good, you know. <laughs> I'll remember it, but he made a great point, and I'll remember it. Well, I, 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 so a lot of the stuff about about um, about uh, rap is what we're going to pertain to in my profile cool. here. Um, I'm going to talk about Superhead. <laughs> <laughs> Superhead. Oh, yes. Superhead is famous for being a rap video star that then became the first person to write a book doing a tell-all on Inside the Industry. And it's basically, of course, she was calling it out for being very misogynist and extremely degrading like if you were a girl on some of these sets like a lot of these girls have been seeing in documentaries are like you know harassment is rife and there's no fucking hr to go to mm-hmm. you know and um, the head of the record label is suge knight <laughs> yeah right it's hard to but also even if you're like fucking you know a subsidiary owned by like a rap guy that is allied to say interscope or whatever i mean you know fucking Iovine isn't there on the set right. of the video, and 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 whack shit happens. Whack so shit does happen. Corinne Steffens, aka Superhead, 
was the first woman that kind of like really flipped it against them and made success out of this industry being so kind of predatory and shitty. She was born in St. Thomas, uh, like the Virgin Islands, in uh, 1978. She was in New York when she was 10 years old. Uh, she said she was raped at the age of 13. In, uh, in New York, you know, going back and forth, she would kind of move around, but she would always go back to New York because she had a lot of family there. She ended up with Cool G Rap. Are you familiar with Cool yeah, G Rap? Yeah, yeah. Cool yeah. with a K. Yes. Um, she was apparently married to him at 17, which is technically illegal, but she faked documents to get married to him. And they had a child together. And she was saying that it was an extremely abusive relationship. And if she did, like, anything wrong, he would punish her by making her go down on him forever. Hours at a time. Mm. And this is where she developed finely tuned oral skills. Oh. It was in a very traumatic situation. Ah, and like Magneto. Right. <laughs> so you always bring it back to some comic book reference. I love it. Listen, bro. I'm Every time. To... But yes, it's very Magneto. X-Men first class. Yeah. Very, very good. I love that that's where your mind goes. Every... Yeah. Oh, it's like it's just like uh, Batman in the one. <laughs> hey, I like that Batman, but also I like that Magneto. Cause... <laughs> so she goes out, when she's 22, she goes out to Los Angeles and um, through acquaintances of Cool G, she's kind of introduced to the hip-hop world, and she tries to get into kind of like the, the scene there. And she's leaving Cool G with her child, her son, because she's citing abuse and stuff like that. And uh, she she leaves, and she starts getting into videos. The first video she's in is a Jay-Z video. Oh. Hey, Poppy. Right? And she ends up doing 20 music videos for some of the most famous rappers. She's an extremely beautiful woman. What, what year was that uh, Hey Poppy? That would be like uh, turn of the millennium, okay. like kind of 2000-ish. Mm-hmm. She moved to L.A. in 99. Oh, okay. And But then she basically admits, she's like, I was, I have a child, I'm alone, I'm desperate, I'm basically just looking for tons of sugar daddies. And I'm kind of whoring myself out. Kind of. But it's like, uh, it's a total survival thing. You know? Yeah. yeah. She's, uh, she's nearing her 30s. Yeah. No, no, no. Then, then she's 22, you know, when, oh, she, oh, when oh. she goes th- there. Oh, right, right, right. And so she kind of goes through the whole scene okay. and hooks up with everybody. I mean, everybody. Like, she kind of, she, she gets with Ja Rule at some point, And Ja Rule is the one that christens her superhead. Because apparently the blowjobs she gives are so incredible. Mm. Just incredible that he calls her Superhead. Mm. And then I think kind of like word about the blowjobs got around and everybody was kind of like, I I would be interested in the Superhead, you know. And she she hooks up with everybody. Like everybody at the time. Everybody. And so then... She goes through, like, kind of the whole rap scene. And around 2005, so think about it, she's kind of, like, 27-ish. She's kind of, like, aging out of the video vixen yeah, yeah. thing. She writes a book called Confessions of a Video Vixen yeah. and totally trades on all of the sex she's had in the rap scene. Which and was a lot. 
so much. I say good for her. Right, right. And oh. we're going to get way, way more into okay, that. Okay, okay. Um, oh, good. <laughs> but, I, like, it's it's it was a very predatory scene. Mm-hmm. And she really did kind of weaponize it, mm-hmm. you know? But it was like a... Like, people, like, on the set of the Jay-Z video would be like, oh, we heard, like, you were here because you were, like, setting us up to get us robbed. And she was like, they we're going to throw you out. And then they were like, oh, she was like, oh, please don't throw me out. And they were like, all right, well, suck my dick. You know what I mean? So there'd be, like, Jesus shit like that Christ, going on, yeah. like, horrible kind of abuses and yeah, stuff like that. kind but of it, like a Linda Lovelace type of thing. Yes, but she ends up turning it around so, so hard. Um, she she puts out the book. It, it talks, it just is gossip. It talks shit on everybody she ever hooked up with. I'm talking, like, dick size, the way they fuck. She fuck kid and play? Uh, there's no kid and play. Just play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No kids. No kids. But, um... In the book, she she talks shit about everybody, and she's like, there was one person I'm not going to name, and she calls him Papa through the whole book, oh. and he was really sweet to me, and I always kind of like hoped yeah. we would kind of get together. So in this book, she's also teasing the like a cliffhanger. Yeah. You know, like this is not over. Yeah. And and she's going to bring out more about it, but the shit she talks is, is so great. She talks about uh, Shaq. Fucking let it, he, let's hear it. Wait, from, from Shaq Fu? Yeah, Shaq uh, from, from from Kazam. <laughs> right, right. She says Shaq was generous. He was very upfront. He was like, "I'm not going to see you for a while, so I'm just going to send you checks sometimes." <laughs> Dude, that's the best. <laughs> <laughs> so like, but she also said like he was very like self-effacing, like you know about He's Shaq. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he, he told like, Kobe to eat his ass. He was very, very <laughs> charming and eat stuff. my ass, Kobe. How's <laughs> my ass taste? Early on, she it. started hooking up with Ice T. <clears throat> And she said, "Wait, wait, ice, from, wait with from, Coco? Yeah, Ice T. Wait, from Law and Order? Yes. Wow. I see. And he had a pimp room. Yes. It was full of pimp stuff. Oh, yeah. okay. And like it had like a a, a a pimp dictionary and and all kinds of pimp ephemera uh-huh. and uh, C- canes, uh, toothpicks, and shit. <laughs> right. Wait, wait, wait. wait. When someone has that, don't you go? Oh, you you're kind of you're faking it. You're just doing this." Just no, he, the, he, really, right. he really was. Like, oh, okay. He was, he really in, was, he was a, in the military, and then he really was like a pimp bank robber. Like, he really was a criminal. Yes, but I also had that same stuff that Matt had, where it's like... You're playing the part. You, yeah, don't, you yeah. don't need to prove anything anymore. Why do you have a pimp and room? Here and here's my pimp room. And here's my pink dictionary. Right. So you're like, wanna... it's Bishop Don Magic Wong. Like, how pimp are you when... <laughs> Yeah. You're a pimp. Yeah. It's like people saying, oh, yeah, you know, fucking uh, blah, blah, blah. My dad used to be a drug kingpin. It's like, if he was, you wouldn't talk about it. <laughs> yeah. It would yeah. just be normal exactly. to you. You know what I mean? And you wouldn't want to tell anybody? And he had a, a camera on a tripod in the pimp room, and he yeah. would, uh, like, shoot shit there with her. It would make kind mm-hmm. of... Uh, and she characterized him late, later as a easy-to-fleece sugar daddy. Aw, And around the time he easy got... Easy-to-fleece. Around the time he got SVU, he was like, I'm not paying your rent anymore he would pay her rent a lot wow that was a long time yeah that was 20 fucking years ago (laughs) yeah uh i mean she wrote the book in 2005 right and right she was keep keep in mind like you know at that point you are burning the bridges behind you yeah Mm -hmm. yeah she was you know she was probably blowing them right after cop killer you're 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 doing you're you're Blowing up everybody's spot. Like, a lot of people aren't going to trust you after that. So it's yeah. kind of one of those things where um, 
you know, you would th- you're, you're gonna basically gonna be gonna be done with the rap scene. Everybody's gonna be like, you're, yeah, you're this kind is of, slash and burn agriculture here. This yeah, is yeah, you know. But the thing is that she's trading on that's so amazing to my mind is like, you know, I I just completely burned this field. But what I'm gonna sell you is my memories of what the field looked like. Yeah, and tasted like yes, <laughs> and how yes. big it was. It's yeah. it's so interesting. So Ja Rule, she got I, by on word of mouth. <laughs> right, right, yes. Yes. Ja Rule is apparently the one that christened her uh, superhead. Uh, she had so many things to say about uh, uh, all the rappers she hooked up with, and in lurid, lurid detail. Oh. Did she have a ghostwriter? Um, I don't know. Was in, it Ghostface Killer? In, in, in interviews, she's extremely eloquent. Okay. Um, very, I mean, I guess kind of full of herself, but... It's one of those things where she's a girl that's also been on her own for so long. Mm. You have some wits. Yeah, yeah and then yeah, once yeah. you have a kid and stuff like that, it's like, if you were, like, out for yourself before, now that you have a child, you're going to be even more, fuck everybody, it's just us. Right. There's Especially in a no predatory scene error. like yeah. that, you know? I do like the idea of someone being like, you know, what if instead of, uh, I put his cock and balls in my mouth, you say, I gently grabbed the shaft. What if we reworked this a little well, bit? Well, she she talks pretty plainly. She said about most deaf, his breath stinks. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. <laughs> most uh, deaf. Trick breath. Daddy was full of energy. Trick Daddy, uh, full yeah. of energy. I guess it, it checks, this out, checks out. Jules Santana, he likes being on the bottom, and he likes pulling hair a lot. He was really good. Um, Jesus Christ. Jay-Z had a big and juicy, thick cock. That's what I hear. He's got like a Pepsi uh, slam. What are the, the Pepsi big slams? Right, but she said, I can't stand looking at him when he's on top. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking weird looking. <laughs> right. He always has the glasses on. But like, this is what she was selling. It was, it was about... The, yeah, yeah. It was giving you this glimpse into celebrity well, that you could never have from anybody else that was in that position. It, yeah. It's a glimpse into, um, here's what it is. I'll tell you what it is. Ready? Mm-hmm. You, you know, the rap game is heavy on machismo and yes. braggadocio. Mm, for sure. Mm. And it's a glimpse into these men's most vulnerable moments. Absolutely. Here's what they're like when they're nutting. Absolutely. <laughs> Uh, all these guys that talk all this shit want to talk yeah. some shit. I'm gonna talk shit about these shit talkers. Dmx would uh, like scratch and growl when he came, <laughs> like that. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and kind of whimper after. Aww. isn't that great? No, whimper oh. like a whimper. Do- <laughs> yeah, like that. But you hear it. Whatever's like, oh, oh, you know. But then it'll be, oh, <laughs> isn't that insane? It's right on. Brand. It's, yeah, it checks out. Usher, she she said was a disrespectful jerk. Um, Bobby Brown was a hallucinatory drug addict. She had to slap around like crazy. (laughs) A hallucinatory (laughs) drug addict? I love that. That I had to slap around like crazy. I had to slap him around. I mean, he's all chopped up. Yeah, he's like, fucking slap him good. Ain't nobody messing around. Um, Humping around? She said, Young Buck. Young Buck. Yeah, often appearing on the 360 Mafia track. Young Buck was gay. She said, Best I ever had. Hours at a time got better every time. Wow. Yeah. No shit. You know, there was that rumor that Young... Was it Lloyd Banks? It was either Lloyd Banks or Young Buck was in a gay porno. Hmm. And I think it was disproven. Well, It uh, sounds like with a name like Lloyd Banks, I think. <laughs> I'm Lloyd Banks. I'm part of the gorilla unit. <laughs> P. Diddy, characterized as, quote, possibly on the down low. Oh, a homosexual. Yes. Oh. 
Does she give any like uh, examples of of uh, what her the hints were? You wrote a whole song no. about missing a giant fat black man. <laughs> but there was a thing where they hooked up, and uh, <laughs> Jesus Christ, <laughs> there was a thing where. Later on, it's all she... about the Benjamins. Benjamin is is not money; it's a man. Yeah, it's a man. So... It's all yeah. about the Benjamins. <laughs> mm, I'm a thing for Benjamins. <laughs> yes, any man named Benjamin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the buttons ex- explicitly. Well, so wait, what did uh, what was the? <laughs> I like them when they get younger. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about the so Benjamin, Benjamin buttons. buttons. <laughs> it's all about the Benjamin buttons. I like him when he starts off as like my sugar daddy and he's ancient. And then he turns into a little whimpering baby. You like it when I'm taller? <laughs> uh, well, later on, she, after she hooked up with Puff Daddy, mm-hmm. P. Diddy. Possibly on the down low. Mm-hmm. Uh, she <laughs> was hooking it up with Exhibit and they came to a party. X of the Z Exhibit. Mm-hmm. And Puff Daddy pulled Exhibit aside and was like, hey, man, you got to watch out for her. She'll fucking have you on video taking a finger up your butthole. And Exhibit's like, <laughs> no, nah, she won't. <laughs> Wait, he was like, maybe you, bro. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Is that yeah. your camera? And then later that night, uh, P. Diddy took them to a gay club. Took so, them all to a gay club. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, the whole, the whole. Uh, hey, you gotta trio. watch out. This this young lady might slander your your good heterosexual name. Right. You want to go watch some men get naked? Yeah. Right. Anyway, we're gonna go to this gay club, which is fine. Like a gay strip club or like a, just a gay club? Just a gay club. Just a gay club. Which is fine unless you have songs where you're homophobic in right. them. Right, absolutely. Um, but, you know, maybe that's just how you deal with it, you know? Mm. Yeah, that, I mean, like, also, like, I think especially maybe it might be a New York thing, too, but, like, you know, a lot of gay clubs are just also the coolest clubs. This is yeah, 100% true. true. Yeah, like... Because nobody gives a shit. Yeah, and even my dad would fucking tell me, and my dad was, like, you know, like, legitimately scared, you know, if a man touched him, he'd be yeah, gay. Watch out for your mom. <laughs> she would get a video of you putting a finger up your butt. He, he, he would be like, we would go to gay bars because, like, there would be no drama. Yeah. We would just go to gay bars because they were cool and fun and yeah. like there was just no bullshit. Yeah, in college we would go to we'd go to we, we would go to Phoenix. We'd go to this uh, what was it called? We'd go to this gay bar, Amsterdam or Touch or some shit. Right. And it was just the dopest because like they played the best music and they had like the best drugs and everybody was super cool. You could just dance with everybody and like not yeah. give a shit. And you also didn't have to worry about a bunch of macho bros no trying bros. to hit there on your no girls. Bros. And then you don't have to get in any fights yes. and all that shit. Exactly. Especially in like Phoenix in 2007. Oh, uh, yeah. It's just like bro yeah. central. You'd go over to fucking ASU. Velvet or whatever uh, yeah. and nobody gives a shit. Yeah. Somebody Sometimes somebody would say, hey, do you want to hold hands? But that's that's, that's nice. nice. That's really nice. 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 I mean, you're both at the urinal, but still, it's, it's nice. Fine. Uh, so <laughs> one of my favorite quotes... She talks shit on. I don't know why this quote just got me so bad. But she's just asked about all these rappers, and they're like, what about Pusha T? And she goes, Pusha T's breath stinks. <laughs> it's a very important thing. It's it's like, why didn't Drake use that in the fucking thing? <laughs> you know, like, Drake's not well read. has broccoli in his teeth. <laughs> but, like, uh, Kendrick Lamar dick look like a thumb. <laughs> So hey, she kind of goes through all this thing. I got thing. big nipples, baby. They're on my dick. And uh, <laughs> she she writes the book. And then, you know, like I said, she's she's burned all the bridges behind her, but she's still kind of in that scene because she is exclusively hip-hop famous. Yeah. But now she's just out there as a kind of Joker character. 
Like it, she, it really is the only one. Like a chaotic, a me- pure force of chaos. Got it. Got because it. people still are kind of like. But I heard she has a superhuman ability, <laughs> and I'm really. I just want to know. I got it. I, I I I really would like to know, and it's like. You know, so she would still stay in there. So later on, she gets with uh, Eddie Winslow, Darius McCrary, you know. Ah, uh, mm-hmm. yes, of the Leftovers fame. Yes, and, and they have, uh, and Family Matters, yes. and they have uh, a relationship where she, he's, like, very serious about it, and he's trying to take in her son. And in the documentary about Superhead called Kiss and Tail. Oh. Kiss and Tail. Narrated by Wendy Williams. Extremely scandalous. Yes. If you want to watch some pure tabloid trash. Kiss and Tail is a fantastic documentary. <laughs> and Wendy Williams is documenting. Like, yeah, she is narrating in. Like, I think she, like, she says at the end, what a slot! <laughs> like, good, like, good, yeah, Wendy, good. Yeah, And Wendy interviewed Corinne and was, like, very antagonistic and she was like uh, so how did you grow up like what happened like and your mom start sucking all your, these your mom so was a tramp was she a superhead too like she's very and, and no, noted great you interviewer come from a long when, generation when of superhead women yeah, yeah. yeah Corinne was your dad a superhead too oh, yeah was, Corinne really holds it together and doesn't get angry and, yeah. and Wendy is like fucking pushing her like yeah. really making fun of her to her face and she's kind of rolling with me like yeah you know but also the thing about Corinne is that she'll kind of admit like yeah like I am out for myself. Like, I did yeah. do what it took to get shit. Yeah. And the truth is, like, somewhere in between, like, some people fucked me over, I fucked them over, but this Kiss and Tail documentary is mainly a hit job, saying that she's a liar. Oh, it is. Oh, it's very much a hit Who job. Who put it on? Who's, like, who's behind it? Like, Les Moonves or something? No, no, no. People, people that were... People that were in the hip-hop kind of, like, media industry, and they took interviews with her from previous stuff that was due for something else. So she doesn't have any time to really respond to, like, right. Cool G Rap's wife, Ma Barker, is, is like, saying, like, oh, she lied about this, this, yeah. this, and this. And there's no time for Superhead to kind of be like, no, that's mm-hmm. not true. Right. So it was a little bit lopsided. And then they go to, like, person after person saying, like, She's lying, trifling, blah, blah, blah. And and you just come out of the documentary being like, oh, man, she's entirely toxic and awful. And that might be true, but we don't really know. She never got a chance to clap back. Yeah, like she only has her books to do stuff. And, I mean, the first book spends 20 weeks in the New York Times bestseller list. That's incredible. Yeah, in hardcover. And then another insane amount of weeks when it hits paperback. Shit. Two years later, she comes out with the Vixen Diaries. That's on the New York Times bestseller list. Two years after that, it's like the Vixen Manual, how to find, seduce, and keep the man you want. And it's like, how would you know? (laughs) There's no man you've ever kept. It's just you fucking around. Like, I gotta be fair here. Like, you've never kept a man. Maybe she kept them as long as she wanted. I guess, yeah. Um, she does have. She uh, in 2013 wrote a book called "How to Make Love to a Martian," which is exclusively about her relationship with Little Wayne. He's oh, the because he's he the is Martian. An alien. Yes. Yeah. Well, you you got to pick him up and put him in the high chair <laughs> and you make sure you feed him right. Feed him some yeah. promethazine. <laughs> but it's one of those things that also like makes me more and more interested in Little Wayne. Just how much of a fucking psycho weirdo he Dude, is. He yeah. is pretty brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Like, and apparently he's. Throughout all this, maintained a friendship with her the whole time. God bless him. And hmm. she's kind of like, yeah, I'm like always going to stay friends with him. So that's what I'm saying. Like she's, 
she's kind of burned all the bridges, but she stays on the periphery of the whole rap scene. Uh-huh. And, you know, like, Darius McCrary, Eddie Winslow, was like, when I started getting with her, he's like, I saw Bobby Brown one time, and Bobby Brown was like, man, what the fuck are you doing with that girl? And he goes... What were you doing with her? <laughs> and he's like, everybody's jealous because now I'm getting the yeah, good head. Getting my dicks up. What are you doing? <laughs> but it, yeah. it also seems like the guys with the biggest problems with it are the shittiest guys. Yeah. Like, Little Wayne understands what's happening. And yeah. so. And Bobby the, Brown the, is a piece of shit. Yeah. And so they're still friends yeah. because they know exactly what the equation was. Right. Well, I think it's a lot of these guys were used to um, kind of dumping people with. Uh, mm hmm. You know, just like using them up and dumping them. Right. And then when somebody got something back out of them, they were like, oh, she is just awful. Maybe the head that is so super is the one between her ears. You know what I mean? Oh, like all, all these tough guys couldn't take uh, pushback? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like, well, you are just going to abuse her and then go back to your wife. Right. And instead, she talked shit about you, and she got paid, and like now you're I mean, like bestseller. I mean, yeah, when you yeah, have, massive. Like, when you have a bestseller, you you make money. Yeah. In fact, you probably make more money than having a bestselling album. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because the record, like the record, the record company takes all that shit. Yeah. But like yeah. when you sell a book, mm -hmm. books are thirty, forty, fifty bucks hardcover. Yeah. Albums are twenty. Right. So that's the thing is that. So, d during the time that she was just kind of, like, finding her feet in L.A., she was, like, desperate for more money, and she hooked up with some porn dude. And yes. this dude was like, you know, this girl's telling me she's called Superhead, and he's telling Mr. Marcus on the phone, he's like, I just found out why. So this dude is, like, kind of a fat dude. I don't remember his name. But the video is still on porn. Mr. Marcus is a... Um... A pretty, I mean, a, not legendary, but a very, very famous and yeah. long-running mm -hmm. male pornographic right. actor. Yeah. So he's basically recommending, after shooting his scene with Superhead, where she goes down on him, mm -hmm. and uh, it, like I said, it, that that scene is on Pornhub Hub if you want to see it, and um, the Mr. Marcus scene is not. But he was. I saw the Mr. Marcus scene. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone. It's not on Pornhub. Oh. Okay. But um, somewhere X video. It's somewhere. Some bullshit. Mm. But this guy was telling Mr. Marcus, like, hey, you got to shoot with this girl. Like, the the head is insane. Hey, Marcus. <laughs> yeah. It's me, your cousin. <laughs> you know that new head you were looking for? <laughs> it's too back to the future. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Mr. Marcus is telling this dude, I've been in this business for years. I've had all the head in the world. Nothing's going to impress me. And then she shoots a scene with Mr. Marcus, and you see the scene, and Mr. <laughs> it's by a pool. Yeah, right? and Mr. Marcus like has to push her head away so Ooh, he doesn't come. Yeah, <laughs> you're trying to make that dude come. Huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's and... the funniest <laughs> shit watching him lose his. Nuts. He's like, ooh, 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 yeah. And then he calls you later. He's like, hey man, you were right. He's like, yeah, I told you, motherfucker. <laughs> it's so funny. It's so funny. But uh, it's called Superhead. Yeah, well, she, uh, she after she got more famous like video stuff, she wanted to kind of cover that up. But yeah. they interviewed Mr. Marcus like two, three years ago, and they Mr. Were... Marcus who got in trouble for spreading syphilis by faking an STD test. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. Anyway, sorry. Please continue. It's worth mentioning. But he was yes. interviewed, and people were like, "You're in this Kiss and Tail documentary that was all over Showtime about Superhead, and you're kind of a big part of it." 
And he's like, yeah, people will tell me all the time. And he's like, what do you think about that whole Superhead thing? And he was like, he's like, I think, he's like, keep in mind, he's like, it's 2015 now. She wrote the book in 2005. And she's still making money out of it. He's like, she found a way to flip it on everybody. Mm -hmm. And still just turn gossip and kind of like an expose on how women were being mistreated Mm -hmm. into a career. Yeah. And... He's like, and she just stayed long enough in everything, whether it was porn or videos, to leave everybody wanting more. Everybody yeah. wanted more because it was like, as evidenced by this podcast, when we talk about her, the most alluring thing about her is just what happened in her life. Mm. Yeah. It's not really, you know, I mean, the books are probably the most, you know, notable work. Yeah. That's really the the main thing that's going on with her yeah but you know she kind of just had a, a a crazy life and she was saying i mean tons of video vixen girls after that have been like oh yeah she's super like an inspiration to me like i realized <laughs> i i kind of don't need to be treated badly that i right. do have power mm-hmm. right and i mean that is important in itself yes like these were girls that were probably getting paid nothing treated like garbage yeah and then she showed them like and she might be a complete sociopath maniac. Sure. But we most don't great know. people are. <laughs> well, I mean, like, she, she, you know, she said, like, I've kind of found that I've, I've been a little bit of a Joan of Arc to them. Uh-huh. You know, I kind of had to go through this nightmare experience for them to see that they don't have to. Right. But I'm taking the brunt of, like, tons of abuse. Like right. I said, like, this documentary is a, an entire hit job. And, you know, she does lie. She does say things that are lies. Like, when she's trying to get what she wants, she will do fucked up things. Like, she said Eddie Winslow hit his kid when she was conspiring with his ex. Oh, no. And stuff. And then she admitted she lied under oath later. Um, Wait, she admitted when she was under oath, she admitted she lied? Or she admitted that she lied under oath? She admitted that she lied under oath. Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. That's bad, yeah, that's John. It's very, very bad. It's very bad. It's but not super. No, but I, I, I think that's the thing is that when you're around people that are just predators for so long, you act even like if that. you meet a nice guy, you're like, I got to fucking, yeah. this, this is the enemy. Fuck him. I need him. For some stuff, but this is the enemy. Yeah. And it might have just so happened that she couldn't learn that actually. Because, like... He's Eddie Winslow, man. Like, I mean, he was trying to, like, adopt her kid and stuff. Like, yeah. he was, like, you know, really, really faithful and really, really into it, but... Sucker. <laughs> but I also wonder, like, how much of what she said about all the hookups and all that shit, how much is truth? Because that's really the only currency she has. Does it matter? It We're doesn't. It. it doesn't. But if it was found to be kind of fake to a like an a, like an extensive degree, nobody would trust her anymore. Right, but there's no way to disprove it, right? Like when you're like a weird like an you're a, an information broker like that. Yes, all you have is your word, but the the nature of the information is so salacious yeah. that just the act of refuting it almost gives it more credence. So like Right. So if you were to say that, like, oh, man, you know, fucking most deaf breasts stank. And he's like, no, I don't. I brush my teeth twice mm-hmm. a day. Mm-hmm. Everyone would be like, yeah, right, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Sure. Uh-huh. But Jay-Z I think... makes funny faces when he nuts. No, I don't. I'm fucking, I make dope faces. Uh, right. Bullshit. But I, I think, I think where it's like, how much 
currency, you know, is she going to get out of saying young buck of all the people she slept with is the best she ever had? That's not the most successful well, person she slept in, with. Mixing in a truth with I mean, <laughs> But you know what I mean? Like, she could go and say, you know who was the best I ever had was Jay-Z and Dr. Dre and Shaq. You know what I mean? Like, if it was really about money, like, a lot of it, I think, is uh-huh. is probably true enough. Right. Well, maybe, maybe, yeah, true enough. Well, also, we only have her word against all the guys who are always bragging about how amazing they are at fucking. Right. So if they're they they have so much work they for all their say bragging. They're amazing. Yeah. yeah. And so like right. she's the only chink in any of their armor. Right. She's uh, a common denominator. Yeah. We're just like, okay, so maybe it's probably somewhere in the middle. Yeah, and that was the thing, is that like I mean, these things she would do would really be the first time anybody had hit back yeah. against everybody saying they're the best. Like I mean, like she did like like of all the dicks she sucks, she would talk about the size of everybody. Like list after list, like and and not just like one guy in Outcast, like both of them. She's like, I've seen both dicks. <laughs> All I know what's cast. up. This guy's big. That guy's not. You, you know, suck the inspector's dick. Wait, is it Big Boy? <laughs> it was it Big Boy, or is it Andre Three Stacks? <laughs> big Boy is bigger. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't think so. Bigger and fatter. Um, Puff Daddy, medium. Mob Deep, Havoc is big, but Prodigy is small. Nas, small. Nelly, medium. Scarface, medium. <laughs> Russell Simmons, small. Yeah. Ah. Oh. You know, like uh, Will Smith, long. Yeah. Uh, May possibly on the down low. Red man hung like a banana. Is that a positive or a negative? I'm not sure. I don't know. It's, 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 it's really yellow. It gets brown when it gets older. Snoop Dogg, uh, too long. <laughs> so good. Yeah. Old dirty bastard. May his big dick rest in peace. <laughs> Jesus, there's that's a, so many dicks. OBD. So many. Uh, most have long, but his breath stinks. What, what I'm missing from this list are the white rappers. <laughs> yeah. Um, any any Eminem or Snow? <laughs> no, it's not really. In Fama. So what was revealed was... was um, Papa was Method Man. The person she wouldn't reveal, the cliffhanger that uh-huh. she left, it came out oh. later, that was Method Man. He's a sweetheart. Um, was was, was uh, he a sweetheart? He's long but comes too quick. Aww. Missy Elliott, pussy has bad odor. No shit. I didn't even know she What was... else she got? Does she have any other females? Um, I don't think there's any other females. Well, she said Missy. Mace is long but he has an asshole personality. <laughs> oh, Debrat. Oh. oh, can need a pussy. Oh, yeah, that is not a shocker. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, know about Foxy Brown and uh, Nia. Kanye West, big but he can't fuck. Yeah, how about that? Sounds right. How about that there? <laughs> Busta Rhymes, big and long but can't fuck. Just because you are left sore, he thinks he did something. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like the thing is, she is, uh, she is almost biased. By virtue of her expertise. So she's seen so many mm-hmm. and been with so many, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's almost like asking a porn star, like, oh, well, who's got a big dick? Well, her, her perhaps, and I'm, I'm possibly wrong here, <laughs> you know, their version of what a big dick is could be skewed. Mm-hmm. By all these big dicks. Because all, yeah, because <laughs> all these big dicks. Yeah, it's um, it's it's uh, it's pretty great. But uh, also, sample size is large. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, these are rappers. They're basically just regular people. Some of them probably have small dicks. Oh, no, yeah. I don't mean that they have a larger dick than the average person. I don't. I don't. Uh, Fat Joe, small at first, but when erect, he's impressive. Oh, oh nice. What about Big he's Pun? He's a grower. Grower. Big Pun, may his obese dick rest <laughs> in peace. You know Big Pun is my favorite rapper of all time? Really? Yeah. Do you want to know about his dick? Of course. He couldn't measure his dick with three rulers? <laughs> six rulers? That's from the song. Really? Big uh, Pun... The same size as a can of air freshener. Jesus Christ. (laughs) An air wick. Isn't that great? (laughs) Isn't that fantastic? It's perfect. And like with so much fat around it, too. Uh Yeah. It's got to be big as it. Yeah. And uh, so, I mean, you know, so she she goes through this thing. She peddles all the gossip and all this stuff. I ripped my prick through your hooters. I'm thick. You could have measured my dick with six rulers. Wow. Call me Big Punt. Dude, he's so good. He's so, so good. fucking good. So good. Uh, so she, she, you know, then 2013, she makes a little Wayne thing. Um, two years after that, she does uh, Vindicated. You know, 10 years on, here's my thing. Like, she's she's had books optioned to be made into movies. God bless her. Deals in progress. And it's like, that's what Mr. Marcus was saying. He was like... He's like, this story ended basically in 2005, and she still never Milking it. stopped being able to successfully milk it because she left them wanting more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? She left everybody wanting more, the guys and the audience. But yeah, I mean, like, wh- like what an insane thing is, like, you know, this, this probably toxic person, probably a crazy person, still was astute enough to tear the, the, the curtain down and show all this bullshit behind everything, whether it's half an agenda and half truth Doesn't or whatever. Matter. She's had a longer career than most of these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And not only that, I mean, like, she, 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 st- she started a publishing company. Uh-huh. She still regularly writes for magazines. Um, you know, she's no done, she, she's gotten to like fucking like decorating shit. Like she is just, a brand. she's a business. She's a business now. I mean, she's certainly more uh, qualified to be a business or brand than let's say the Kardashians. Right, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because she went through some shit. Yeah. yeah. She went through some dark shit. Yeah. You know? And I think probably fucking married men and telling everybody about it is amoral and, and wrong. But also, was it kind of lifting the lid off a bunch of shitty behavior also? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You know? And if you're writing, if you can write, you can write. Yeah. Yeah. Writing is the dick sucking of... Uh, <laughs> Of. Go on. It's all. It's a. It never gets old. You can always do it. Yeah. Somebody's always gonna pay you to do it. If yeah. you can do it well. And that's the thing too is that you know I mean like you know she was just like, how how has nobody before this been like oh yeah why don't I write a book about having sex with all these famous people right I think there have been exposés like that but. I think she was the first in the rap world. Yes, yeah, she was the first in the rap. I mean world. the the um, the Heidi Fleiss stuff mm-hmm. and, yeah. and mm-hmm. uh, there's stuff with like Jack Nicholson and stuff. Yeah, the the book of of the girls that worked for Heidi Fleiss wrote uh, a book my mother bought called "You'll Never Make Love in This Town Again." Yeah, and that was fantastic. A lot of Charlie Sheen. Yeah, but also Vanna White. Oh, oh what isn't that great? Vanna White was seeing these hookers. Vanna White was seeing these girls. Oh, good for her. Oh, fuck. Yeah, really great stuff. A lot of Tom Sizemore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, call him Tom Morse size. Hey, hey man. super Tom. <laughs> Weird. 
But yeah, so that's the superhead story. Oh, she's wow. great. She is still um, going strong, like I said. Uh, trying to make that dick 13 come. years after she snitched on everybody. What is she, 35, 38? No, she's 40. She's 40. She's Whoa. 40, born in 78, 2018. So she's 40 and still pushing it. God, that's great. I love that she turned it into something. Yeah. Like, you know, you're your average Joe cocksucker. You know, just hang up the hang up the throat after thirty. <laughs> right. You know, hang up the old oh, dust. I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. I've seen too much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On my throat, I haven't touched that. But she's still she's still writing. I love that. I love that she parlayed it into something. That's like that's the end game, right? But not only yeah. that, is that she also I'm not giving enough credence to this and the thing, but she also turns it into a lot of learning about life. And like lessons learned. Well, if you learned. suck enough dicks, mm-hmm. you're gonna learn a thing or two. Yeah, and like also like the betrayals and and yeah. stuff, and, and learning lessons about who you can trust and stuff like and that. And just the just like for the lack of a better word, learning by osmosis yeah. and absorption of just being sure. around around all... that many people. Yeah. Yes, yes, and yeah. successful people yes. too. Yeah, you're gonna learn something, dude. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you meet people you never know who you meet, and right. people that can help you out even if you're not sucking their dick. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, like, it was just saying being around can be an industry. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And it can. It just totally can. Yeah. So I've been obsessed with her forever, and I... uh, I don't know why I never thought about her for profiling. I was telling Matt, I was Dude, like, we, I, we should get her on a show. I know. She's yeah. she's, she's pretty big. She's a big get, but yeah. I would love to get her on the show. Yeah, she's extremely real. She was like, somebody was saying like, oh, you're kind of like the scorpion and the scorpion and the frog. And she was like, maybe I am a scorpion. <laughs> like, she keeps it pretty fucking real. Yeah. That it's like, yeah, it's me first because I've been around nothing but people that have been me first yeah. my whole life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what did I learn? Like, even if it's damaged. Yeah, what do you expect? Yeah, like I got it from somewhere. You knew what you were getting into? Yeah, and I think even all those people that like are like, ah, oh, she sucks, blah, 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 probably respect her. The smart ones do. Yeah. 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 She does suck. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you literally. Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> Okay. 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 I'll remember that Jim Carrey thing because it was pretty good. <laughs> All right. Well, but... we'll wait with bated breath. Yeah. We'll... <laughs> We're teasing that one. Like We're teasing death. that. <laughs> yeah. Breath baited. Push your teeth. Breath stinks. <laughs> and the story next. She said, "Why clubs breath stinks?" There's a lot that of that. That is not a surprise. <laughs> yeah, that checks out. Why club breath smells like Haiti? <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> when Wyclef was running for president of Haiti, my friend Greg messaged me, Greg Linney, I love this dude so much. And he's like, you see Wyclef's running for president of Haiti? I was like, yeah. And he goes, well, you know, like if he got it, he'd be elected on Friday, <laughs> assassinated on Saturday, and buried on Sunday. And I was like, Greg, right on, man. <laughs> that is a good joke. Thank you. And depending I, on when they have the election, yeah, he'd yeah. gone to November. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everybody, I think we're out of here. <laughs> yeah, that was did, great. Did John. you like that shit? I did like I, it a yeah, lot. It was great, I really did like it. <sighs> I love her and so I liked, much. And I like Matt's stuff, too. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that was mind-blowing. Thanks. You guys kind of... It segued very yeah, nicely. It did, yeah, just it like last week. It segued very yeah. nicely. Hot nuts to Superhead and Come and <laughs> yeah, bells I, ringing. I mean, ladies, ladies taking charge. I was I really it. kind of asking about if it was regional because I was thinking about regional rap and yeah. like how gross Southern rap was actually. Was like from Miami all the way to like three six, you know, Memphis it, country. It was only regional because white folks on the recording studios. 
Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They weren't letting them record in most places. Right, yeah. Now anybody can record anywhere. Yeah. It's the best. Garage band. Yeah. All right, everybody. I'm going to say goodnight. My name is John Fahey. I'm Aaron Pita. Map your soap. Good night, everybody.